welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here today. And we're just going to dive right into this sucker. I'm calling it Life isn't like curling. (laughs) Life isn't like curling. And you might be like, hey, what the fuck? What does that even mean? Well, of course, you know me. I'm going to tell a little story. I'm going to tell you how we got here. And it's multi-layered, okay? But it's simple. We're going to keep this one short and sweet. So there is a writer who used to be a PR man. He used to be a marketer. His name is uh, Ryan Holiday. You got a lot of you might know him, right? Ryan Holiday has written many New York Times bestselling books uh, on the Stoics. It's like, you know, the obstacle is the way. There's the 365 meditations on and on and on, right? So there's a bunch. uh, I think the ego is your enemy. He's written a bunch of books. I have a few of them. And he's always kind of spouting off um, on, you know, various social media platforms, like little drops of wisdom from the Stoics. Uh, and, And the general vibe is this, right? Life isn't so much, you know, what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. So this is something that those of us in the coaching profession, the mentoring profession, uh, you know, we've kind of taken this concept, uh, self-help too, right? Taking it and kind of run with it. But one of the things that he often hops about or like goes on about is how no one ever said that life was going to be easy. Nobody ever said that life was going to be fair. (laughs) And I started laughing and I'm like, that basically just sounds like my stepfather when I was a kid, right? Hey, hey kid, it's not going to be fucking easy, right? Nobody said it was going to be fair. So like quit your boohooing, right? I'll give you something to cry about. So I kind of laugh now when I hear this. These, these words from my childhood now being repeated as stoic wisdom. <laughs> like somehow I'm not sure how this has happened, but it made me laugh because one of the things that I will say about my childhood, and look, I think a lot of us who grew up in challenging, difficult, traumatizing situations, we learn to be resilient early on. I will say that is one of the gifts One of these, it's unfortunate in some ways that the things that happened to us had to happen, that we've been given these kind of, I would say, in some ways, unwanted gifts, right? But we have them. And so a lot of us who grew up in those kinds of difficult situations, we do come out more, uh, call it tenacious, resilient, strong, gritty, tough, whatever you want to say. And I appreciate that so much. I really do appreciate, I would say my stepfather was an unintentional teacher. Uh, I did not approve of his, t- his teaching methodology, P.S. By the way, if we could, we could rewind that sucker. However, I came out of life with kind of this idea. And what I've learned to do in some levels, uh, in some ways, is not just 
uh, rely upon this inner strength that I've now come to have. Uh, and I'm going to apply this to life isn't about curling in a second, but also learned how to manage my expectations. Okay. And we're going to get to that in a second. So I was sharing with my sweetie how I had been reading some posts from people and some stuff. You know how social media is. You see a bunch of stuff. And I was talking about how um, a person, multiple people, but it's not like uh, when writers do a composite character where they pull pieces from a lot of different people to make one, one character. So this is one example based on a lot of examples. But this one in particular person was just like had a slew, like a list of things that was just not going their way, that just wasn't going right. And you could clearly just tell from the energy coming off of the post you know, AKA really these are multiple posts boiled down to one that they feel overwhelmed, that they feel like life isn't fair. So there's a difference between when we're just sharing that things are challenging and we're looking for support or solutions versus just kind of like that, 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 that dump, right? Like that dump of like, oh my God, like nothing in my life is going right. Tinged with the attitude of it isn't fair. And while I was talking to my sweetie about it, I was um, just kind of explaining some of what I had, um, you know, had read or seen or whatever and heard. He kind of blurted out and we, we had a laugh about this. He's like, well, life isn't curling. <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I was like, yes, you're so right. Right. I got to give my sweetie credit for this. He, he, we were like, yes, life isn't like curling. Now, if you don't know what curling is, you've seen it. I'm sure you have seen it. Maybe you just didn't know the name of it, or maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about. So in the sport of curling, you've seen it, right? You got these two teams, they're out on the ice, playing on these long strips of ice, okay? And they've the, the people who are not like, delivering or uh, sliding the stone, right? It's like a big granite stone that you basically like send off down the ice. And then two of your teammates are in front of the stone and they're vigorously with their little brooms, like, like looks like they're sweeping the ice in front of the, this block of granite that has been thrown down the ice. Now, I think this sport originated in Scotland it didn't become an Olympic sport, I think, in the United States until like maybe the 50s or 60s or something like that. But it's a bizarre sport. And you look at it and you're like, what is happening? So, of course, I had to do a little research. And I don't need to, I don't think you're that interested in all of that. But I will say this. The way that the ice is frozen in curling is that there is a flat sheet of ice, but then they spray a fine mist on top of that. And when it freezes automatically, it makes the surface of the ice a little pebbly. And what that does is it creates friction against the granite stone, which tries to slow it down. And as I'm listening to this, I'm like, that right there is life, right? There's going to be, you feel like a stone, things feel hot and heavy. And now, of course, circumstances, people, and other things are going to create this friction, okay? What the teammates that are doing who go ahead of the stone down on the ice, what they're doing when they're sweeping vigorously in front of that stone is they're trying to heat up the ice. Like that chemical reaction of friction of sweeping the ice in front of the stone. And it does a couple of things. Number one, it kind of slowly, it melts the ice because the granite can smoothly slide 
on a water to ice surface versus this pebbly just ice, right? So we're going from this bumpy, if you could imagine this little ridge, I'm doing this little thing with my hands, right? This little ridgy ice surface versus who here has ever slipped on the ice as it started to melt? You know exactly what I'm talking about. When the surface of the ice is smoother, there's way less friction. So these guys are out in front of the stone and they are brooming like crazy people, like da 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 da, right? Like putting their whole body and energy and effort into it. You have to be really fit, P.S., to be a curler sweeper. Um, but what it's also doing is it's not only keeping the stone from slowing down, so it's allowing it to go faster, but it's also allowing it to go farther or further. Gosh, I should just finally look that up so I know which one is distance. <laughs> so to go like farther ahead, right? More forward. But it also can change the direction that the stone is spinning. Okay, here's my point. I'm going to make the connection now. So often when life isn't going our way, when things just feel fucking unfair and like, it's, why does it have to be so hard? And why is it always difficult? And I have the worst luck and why me and all the stuff that the ego loves to do, right? Remember on the last episode, I was talking about how the ego will either try to make you special through superiority, like I'm better than people, or we'll try to make you special through shittiness, through being less than, through being like like this kind of perceived hopelessness and you guys don't know how hard I've had it and it's become like the trauma or the grief Olympics and everything is just, oh, uh, right? So when we're in that energy, it can just feel like everything is more difficult. And the point that this, my sweetie and I were, were, were making with life isn't like curling is we almost never, right? have people think about your earliest childhood or your parents or growing up or whatever, or just your life in general. There wasn't anybody in front of your life as it was moving down that patch of ice, right? Trying to sweep and make it super easy or super clear for you so that you can travel further distances so you can go a really long way. Now, I will say this. Sometimes we do have mentors. We're lucky enough to have mentors who have gone first. So they can report back what they've seen and heard and experienced and the successes that they've had and the processes and the, the toolkits and the tools and the, the resources and all that. I'm not saying we can't have people who can't be helpful, but even those people can't do the work for us. And one of the things that I've seen, like I'm kind of veering a little bit here, I'm, I'm curling my stone a little bit here off to the side. One of the reasons why I see a lot of disservice being done to younger kids and younger generations these days. It's not about like, hey, we had it so hard, so you should have it this hard too. I don't believe in that. I think if you were lucky enough to take the elevator up and, 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 and like, I'm like, you send that sucker back down for help with the other people, right? But nobody can usually do the work that is required for, for personal growth, personal development and spiritual growth for you. They just can't. They can try to, to pave the way. But what I see a lot of things happening kind of in the world is, and you guys know how I feel about this, like how everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a ribbon. And I'm like, what happens in those situations is you're robbing kids of the opportunity to discover their own strength, to discover their own gifts and talents and resiliency, to discover their own creativity and problem solving. If parents insist, and they've been called all kinds of things, right? We see it um, 
uh, helicopter parents, bulldozer parents, parents who just want to keep their kids from falling down or hurting themselves or scraping their knees or losing the job or making mistakes. And that's why so many kids can often feel underprepared or overwhelmed or unprepared for life because their parents have gone in front of them trying to do the curling sweeping thing with their little brooms. And I, I just want to smooth this out because I don't want Johnny to have to, you know, have a tough time. And I'm just trying to da 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 You know, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, you know, they, they're like, yeah, the stove is hot. They tell you once. And if you insist on being, um, you know, on finding out the hard way, they were going to let you do it. And so parenting has like really changed a lot over the years. And I'm sure in some ways, right, it's like like the more tools and knowledge and education that parents have been given, some things are done in a much more beautiful and compassionate and loving way. And I still have to take a little bit of a stand for um, the people who reared us, like raised us um, and allowed us to, to get some bruises, allowed us to fall down because it was only by allowing us to fall down that we learned that we could get back up again. So when we have this desire for things to be easier, like why does everything have to be so hard, right? And I hear this and I think it's about managing expectations. If you kind of go into it with the idea of the concept of this being human, this is what I always say about spiritual mentoring. I'm like, people come to work with me because this being human is a fucking ongoing problem, right? Every day, a new arrival, a new thing shows up. You know, all of a sudden you think like, oh my God, you know, uh, this thing happened and you're like, okay, you know, we paid that off. Now we're fine or right. We, we've got good news on this, but now it's this. There's always going to be stuff that's going to be coming up. And if we do not feel mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared, now being financially prepared, right? That, that's a whole other podcast episode because we know about economic disparity and not everybody has the same privilege and opportunities and different things like that. But I'm just talking about what can we do for ourselves? I think the only kind of curling, right? Broom sweeping that can happen is us doing it for us and to us by getting our minds right first, by getting our hats into alignment, by starting to realize like, yeah, take a look around. This place is kind of a shit show. So what can I do to support myself and help myself? And I don't mean manage your expectations by never getting your hopes up and not dreaming and just kind of, you know, mucking around like, oh, it's always going to be hard. It's never. But if we just kind of accept that this being human experience is going to be challenging at times, it is going to have hardships, there is going to be people we love dying and awful things happening and can't even believe it. What can we do to build a foundation, not only underneath us and around us, but within us so that when we find ourselves bumping up against these things, we don't just wish somebody would come and save us or rescue us. You know, I think it was Maya Angelou. Was it Maya Angelou? Who was it? I can't remember who said this, so I apologize. It's, just, I, it's in the memory bank, but I can't remember the exact credit of who it goes to. But it's basically like, you know, be, you got to be the hero and the heroine of your own story, right? You have to um, kind of do your own broom sweeping in front of you to kind of, this is the thing I'm thinking of, how can I do this with the least amount of friction? And when I start to feel friction, AKA poor me or a kind of a victim, you know, victim mentality or a lot of whining or complaining 
right? One of the first things that I do when I feel myself kind of slipping into like something like that, where it feels a little bit whiny, as I would say, I'm like, okay, the first things I have to ask myself is, am I tired? Am I hangry, right? Am I hungry? Did I get enough food, enough rest, enough water? Have I moved my body? Did I do my, well, I always do my DSP, but you know, these different, these different things, like I check in with myself in all these different levels, mentally, physically, physically is a really big one, um, spiritually and emotionally. Is there something that I need? Because of course, there are going to be unexpected tragedies, unexpected things that happen that knock us right on our ass, that bring us right to our knees. And I always say, if you're already on your knees, why not do a little praying, right? Ask, ask for help from, from the divine and, and, and however you do that. Um, but in our day-to-day -day life, we can kind of just expect that there are going to be things that happen, like you get a flat tire or you know you get misunderstood in communication. And when we don't let that just kind of, when we don't wish it away, when we don't be like, oh, why me? Why does this have to happen? Can I have some tools in my toolbox that allows me to kind of smooth out the surface of where I'm going, smooth out the surface of my choppy and rough thoughts, smooth out the surface of my choppy and rough language, the shit that's going to come out of my mouth, the whining, the complaining, right? There's a difference between, hey, I'm having a tough time and then just expecting everything to be easy. And when you do find yourself, here's a little like love letter from my heart to yours. If you do find yourself consistently overwhelmed by your life, that's a really important time to get some help, to ask for some help. And again, nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do the internal work for you. They just can't. They can support you. They can walk alongside you. They can guide you. They can counsel you. They can mentor you, but they can't do the heavy lifting for you. What they can do is, again, walk along beside you, but you in your own way kind of would have to. If life was curling, you're the one who's out in front of the stone that's being thrown and smoothing your own surface. And that's how we're actually going to go far is by on some level accepting, you know, and I don't, to me, when I hear like, you know, nobody said life was going to be easy. Nobody said life was going to be fair. This is obviously something that I learned from a very, at a very young age. And I think it kind of normalized things for me. So I'm not surprised a lot of the time by things that happen. But I will say on the other hand, what has been amazing um, in all my years of spiritual work, doing it first and foremost for myself, right? Taking my own quest and my own journey and discovering and learning some things is that I can be really surprised by how amazing and good it can be. And here's the other thing too, when you have tools in your toolkit, right? The spiritual toolkit, as I call it, when you have resources, like when you can resource yourself, I mean, because you, wh whatever, whatever your tools might be, prayer, meditation, using a mantra, visualization, journaling, yoga, time in nature, breath work somatic therapies, talk, th whatever the thing is, right? When you have, well, actually talk therapy, things what you do with others maybe don't really count for this point. But when you have a lot of tools that you can use to self-regulate, to self-resource, it makes it so that things in life, even when the surface of the water is wicked choppy, you know, like when the ocean of the sea is like wicked choppy, even when the seas are rough, 
you have tools that allow you to slow down and pause and dive deep beneath the surface of the thinking choppy ego mind. And it's down there in the depths of yourself, right? The depths of your consciousness, the depths of your mind, the depths of your body, right? Where you start to realize, oh, there's a still place here. There's a quiet still place here of safety where my parasympathetic nervous system can just So that even if life does get hard, even if shit that happens is that's wicked unfair, we don't have, and I'm, that doesn't mean you guys, again, let me be very clear. It doesn't mean we're not going to have times of grief. We're not going to have times of maybe just wailing on our knees because somebody we love has died. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is when we have these resources, when times do get tough, when life does get hard, when life does feel unfair. We can go within ourselves and access these things that allow us to navigate it without being so completely overwhelmed or frozen or stuck in like a trauma loop, right? Or a victim loop or trying to wish things were different or wish it away. That's where so much of our suffering happens is when we don't want to accept the circumstances are what's happening. We're like, I don't, I'm resisting this. I don't want this to be true. I don't want this to be happening. This isn't fair. Right? It's like when a little kid has a tantrum in a way. I think adults, we have our own version of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, our own version of like um, emotional tantrums. And it's usually, again, when we feel overwhelmed, when we have old trauma that has not been healed or, or uh, acknowledged or dealt with, right? Kind of intersecting with now more stuff. And it just feels like the, the glass is overflowing. You just feel completely overwhelmed. You feel pig piled on by life. But if we have these tools where we can one, and I'm not saying this always works out super smoothly and easily. There are times in life when it just feels like, oh my God, and now another thing. The way that we can keep going, keep moving that stone forward, right? It's like this spiritual broom sweeping, right? Where we try to smooth out the surface with our tools, with, with healthy friendships and relationships, with support people. But again, even the outside people, they can't do us for us. So we have to resource ourselves. And I get it. We wish life was like curling. We wish that there was somebody in front of us making it smoother and easier. And, and, and sometimes, again, like I said, we might have mentors. We might have people who pave the way for us, right? We've seen it in all different kinds of areas where whether it was people of color you know, went first or women went first or, you know, LGBTQIA, um, you know, what I would call the ancestors went first and they allowed more things to become possible. But still in our own time, in our own way, in our own lives, in our own generations, we still have to do our own work. And we also have to try and do it, you know, for the people who are coming up behind us. And wouldn't it be nice if that's how it was, if we were all looking out for each other all the time and we were trying to make certain things smoother. And I think those of us who are in the profession of helping, of being of service, this is one of the things that we're trying to do. And I wouldn't be surprised to find that most of the helpers on the planet are people who have been through some shit. As they call them, the people who were on fire, who now put out their own fires and now they're coming back with buckets of water for the other people. But most of life is us trying to throw that stone down that pebbly ice and it's, it's slippery and there's friction and you're losing your balance and you're trying to figure it out. It's like, shit, I just wish I had some people who could smooth this out for me. But you have to be your people. 
you at least have to be the main one on your team. So I hope in some way that this has been helpful and that we're recognizing that, again, we can't always control what happens to us. Our responsibility is to how we respond to what is happening. And if we don't have a cachet, if we do not have a plethora, if we do not have a, um, a bunch of tools in our toolkit, we can feel totally outmatched. Like when I think about like David and Goliath, right? Here was this huge giant. Here's David, naked, <laughs> just standing there with his little slingshot over his shoulder. And he's like, do I dare? Like, can I do this? Am I up to the task? And the other good news about having some sort of spiritual, um, call it spiritual resiliency or spiritual hmm, support, spiritual alignment, is that you realize that you're out on that battlefield and you're not by yourself, that you have your spiritual team, that you have your inner teacher, whether you call it Holy Spirit, whether you call it your divine helpers, your angel team, your spiritual team, God, source, love, love is at your back. And when you start to realize that there is a force of love that is trying to come to you and work through you, that you are not alone. That to me is one of the broom sweepers in my life is that I rely on something greater than myself to help me make a way sometimes when there is no way or when I start to spin off in the wrong direction, right? It's like, oh, bring that stone back on path. So you guys, I hope you got a chuckle out of this one at least. And that um, remember, ask ourselves, how can I reduce friction in my life? How can I kind of like prepare and pre-sweep? And how can I keep in mind that it's not that it's not fair, that life is just hard. Life in general is not fair. Take a look around. Just take a look around. But we can be the ones who at least have some sort of preparation internally when we're bumping up against the external situations in our lives. And not only remember, if we're going to go ahead, if you're lucky enough to go ahead, right, maybe we can in some ways at least try to smooth the path for others. And I think that's what helpers do. That's why I always say at the end of each episode, right, leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment, and yourself better than how you found it. Wherever you go, be a blessing. So don't be spraying down the water, making it more pebbly and making more friction and making it more difficult for people. Certainly don't do it for yourself. And one of the ways that we create so much friction is in our mind. It's mental. It's mental. It's the stories we tell ourselves. It's the beliefs that we have. It's the identity that we have. It's the way that we're relating to ourselves. And we forget that we're actually spiritual beings, right? And I get it because, hey, these meat puppets, they feel really real, right? This whole thing feels really real. And it is real. It's like it's happening, right? In this lifetime, it's happening. But we can remember that there is so much more to us and we are so much more capable and strong than we give ourselves credit for. And yes, sometimes we're going to have to ask for external help. But it really behooves us to get some things in place so that even though life isn't like curling, we can maybe do some broom sweeping to help us make it a little more smooth. All right, you guys, have a fantastic rest of your week. I appreciate you so much for listening. Um, right now I have, um, cause I've been talking about the quest, my one-to-one -one spiritual mentorship. Um, I have two spots open right now for October. 
So if that speaks to you, calls to you hot, you want more info, just reach out to me. You can go to my website, karenkenny.com, hit the contact link, send me a little message or shoot me an email or a DM or whatever. I would love to hear from you guys. All right, you guys, wherever you go, right? Leave everybody, whoever you come in contact, yourself, the people around you, the beautiful animals, the environment, the trees, the birds, the oceans, the rocks, the mountains, all of it. Leave it better than how you first got there. Leave the people in the place and everybody happier for you having been there. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.